Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Yeah, it really is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of my guest's favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom they have to offer. Today I sit down with Shannon Burns and we throw back some beers. Shannon is a radio host and podcaster based out of Toronto. She currently hosts the Midday Show on Virgin Radio and is an entertainment contributor for iHeartRadio Canada. In her career so far, Shannon has interviewed a ton of the top musical artists like Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Megan Trainor, Sam Smith, and Miley Cyrus, a few of which we talk about in this episode. Alongside friend Paulina Nicole, Shannon also hosts the podcast Pop for Thought, a fun and informal approach to pop culture discussion. Shannon uses her platform to talk about LGBTQ issues and uses her personal experiences as a victim of sexual abuse to be an advocate for others. To help bring the LGBTQ community together, Shannon also hosts queer events around Toronto. So follow her on Instagram and TikTok for upcoming events, both of which will be linked in the episode description. So Shannon is a radio host, a podcaster, and someone I admire immensely. Hi, Shannon. Hi, how are you, Amanda? Good. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so glad. I actually, um, the first thing I I want to just like get, not get out of the way, but I wanted to tell you, which I've been so excited, is that uh, I want to tell you how I know about you. Okay. So I don't know if you remember, circa, go back to 2014. Whoa. So many years ago. Okay. And we both um, were in competition for this, the first ever Cineplex pre-show host. Okay, listen, I listen. <laughs> I knew that you looked familiar. Like when I was looking at you online, I was like, why do I know you? And then I was like, maybe it's because we've like DM'd a little bit back and forth. But I was like, I feel like we've like met at one point or something, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Yes. So you, Ben and Sam, and then I was fourth. So it was like you and me were like in a tight little race for a while. So I was very familiar with you. You were featured in your like local newspaper <laughs> was, for yes. being in competition right yes. I remember yes. seeing that wow okay, I know cool. so many years ago so that's Last how I kind of I know that's how I became like knew you guys and are you three I guess and then have just like known you online since so yeah it's so funny though because I haven't like that seems like a lifetime ago that all mm-hmm. of that happened but I'm actually going out for dinner with Sam and Ben who I hosted the Cineplex show with like next week no I mean like a little like yeah. reunion because it's been like seven years or something so since long. we all did that um that's so wild oh that's, that's crazy. so cute wow so we go way back you and I are old friends so mm-hmm. far back and I remember after thinking because at that time you were out in Alberta yeah. and I guess just in Ontario I was whenever I went to Cineplex and saw stuff I'm like why am I seeing more of Ben and Sam like what about right. Shannon are we yeah. leaving her out because she's in Alberta <laughs> or they would do stuff with Ben and Sam like physically together right and like no no don't leave out Shannon so I've yeah been, like, it was harder to fly me in every month so they would like course. get more screen time than I would <laughs> which I was very envious about but um I got to do a bunch of stuff it was great I was there a lot it really yeah. all worked out for you too it's not like you know yeah, it's been okay everything. yeah everything all worked out oh that's so nice well I've chatted with Ben and Sam over the years so tell them I say hi I will definitely well before we officially start cheers cheers oh. crack it open that's satisfying right so satisfying cheers. A ASMR over here too <laughs> I'm drinking a margarita IPA Oh, wonderful. And it really tastes like someone put a margarita with a beer. 
Oh, like flying I, monkeys. It's I feel so like good. I would love that. That's yeah. Amazing. I'm having a Coors Light, which is my go-to mm. beer. I just like a little, little light guy yeah. and it's very hot out today and I have no AC in my house. So this, oh, no. this beer feels extra good. It's very hot out and it's like on the verge of thunderstorming, like yeah. it's thick in the air. It's so, so hot. My, mm-hmm. yeah, my little old dog is like panting away <laughs> over here. Um, but I should tell her she should be grateful because we have AC. So yeah. come on, little Let lady. her know. Yeah. Listen. Oh, and then she just coughed up along <laughs> over here being like, I don't care. What's your dog's name? Bella. Ah, cute. Bella. I named nice. her when I was a teenager and then like Twilight hit and everyone thought I named her. Oh. After Bella. Right. But whatever. Yeah. Kristen Stewart's okay. hot. Like, I don't care. I'm like, sure. I named yeah. her exactly after her. Like, I don't care. Kristen Stewart's character is named after your dog. Exactly. See? Mm-hmm. And now I'm, like, questioning myself whether Twilight came out first. I mean, the book for sure came out first. <laughs> like, did the movie? I don't know. Someone yeah, will fact fine. check that and yell mm-hmm. at me later. Okay. So I know that you got into radio or just got into, like, anything career-wise because of your love, love, love of pop culture. Yes. Okay. And true. so I'm just curious, like... For you specifically, what is it about pop culture and like Hollywood movies, all that stuff that you love? What is it about that that you love so much? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so I think when I was growing up, I grew up in this like really Christian community that was really strict and like saw things like pop culture and celebrities as just really bad and sinful. Mm. So I think something about that, like knowing that it was bad made me like interested in it more, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, what is this thing that I like? I don't know. But there was from the get go, like from when I was a kid, I was like watching Oprah and I loved when she had celebrities on and all these actors and I loved movies and I loved like connecting the dots of who who the person was in each movie and things like that my dad Mm -hmm. was a big lover of movies so I think it comes from that and then it really just grew from there where I would like all of a sudden discovered like high school musical came out and I was like who is Zac Efron let me learn (laughs) everything about this boy who I have a crush on and it really yeah I just really got into it and then I think from there it's just grown and it's changed and evolved throughout the years like now I make a lot of TikTok videos about pop culture stories and I what I love so much about that is that it kind of feels like talking about a mutual friend that we all have Mm. it's such a connector in a lot of ways and things that we talk about in conversations that we have around pop culture whether there's like a scandal that happens or like like the oscar slap for example Mm -hmm. um there was so many conversations about that about who was in the right who was in the wrong what should have happened things like that and then i think we we have those conversations and it affects how we like communicate as people and things like that. So I just think it's such a huge connector and it's such a great way to like meet someone at a party and be like, oh, did you hear that so-and-so is pregnant? And then they're like, oh, I had no idea. But then all of a sudden we have this connector, but we don't actually know any of the same people. So yeah. I just love it for that. And yeah, it's it's just great. I love that aspect of it, that it's such a connector. That's so true. And I, mm-hmm. I find myself sometimes now, and I don't know if I did this when I was younger, but now if I'm talking to somebody and they say like, oh, I love so-and-so, and I actually think so-and-so is, like, very objectively a huge asshole. Or like, right. It tells you a lot like, about a person. It does. And how mm-hmm. do you sometimes – because sometimes you want to take that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't right. necessarily want to be judged on my – on the one celebrity that I happen to like. But then also it's hard not to because sometimes it can kind of tell you about – 
their values and stuff. Do you ever get in pop totally. culture conversations and you suddenly realize like, oh, I don't like this person based on their pop culture. Oh, values. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I was telling someone yesterday, I was, they were, they were saying they were really excited for Nicki Minaj to come to Toronto the other day. Mm. And I was like, well, actually I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Nicki Minaj, which I, is a bold thing to say publicly because her fan base is insane, but like, they'll come after you. But I'm like, well, she actually, um, like was supportive of her brother after he was accused of sexual assault and she's married to a sex offender and there's things like this. So then it gets into more conversations like that, you know? Mm. And then, like you said, it can really, like, you can see where people's morals lie and who they choose to support, whether it's like music or movies and, and things like that. So you really do learn a lot about people through it. You do. And I didn't know any about that about Nicki Minaj. And yeah, I, right? I'm like, I'm just going to, I mean, I do follow your TikTok anyway, but I'm just going to keep following it because I'm going to learn all these things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how do you approach interviewing a celebrity that maybe you already, like, let's say Nicki Minaj, for example, that you already, like, know you're not quite a fan of? How do you approach right. interviewing them in yeah. kind of the same way that you might approach somebody that you love or really right. respect? I Well, there has to be, like, a level of professionalism of since course, so much yeah. of the the interviews that I do with artists and celebrities are based through my job. Mm -hmm. So there will be times where if I don't fully agree with someone's morals or I like really don't like them, I don't think it's, I don't know if it's ever actually happened, but I'm sure that if I went to my work, oh, actually it did happen. There was an artist that we, I was set up to interview and um, she, I guess I can say who it is, but it was the singer Kim Petras, who is a queer trans artist that I really liked and then when doing the research for the interview um I realized that she worked right alongside Dr. Luke in the creation of her album and Dr. Luke is a producer who is known for making a ton of pop songs but also for abusing the singer Kesha so a lot of people don't work with Dr. Luke anymore because of everything he represents and him just being like a terrible person but Kim Petras worked with him and then so during that research, I was like, oh, I feel really weird about interviewing her because I'm I'm a huge advocate for like sexual assault and things like that. So I didn't want to like praise this album that was created by this man who's like horrible. Mm -hmm. And then so I ended up doing the interview because I was assigned to do it. And then I let my boss know after and I said, I don't really feel comfortable like releasing this or like doing having done that. And they said, OK, no worries. We won't post the interview. So oh, it's like wow. not out there, yeah. um, which is nice that they they let that happen. So there's mm -hmm. things like that that can happen. And then, yeah, but like I said, there's like a level of professionalism. So like I've had like um, like a country singer coming up to me on a red carpet and I like knew that he was like an anti-vaxxer and like a mm. convoy supporter, but it's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to ask the questions that I have to ask about music and then I'll just move on, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like you get one and done and you're good. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah, like, totally. yeah. yeah. Do you like, I know you love pop culture, but do you ever find, um, do you feel pressure to like stay on top of every single story and know like every celebrity update? Does it ever feel like homework or like you're trying to chase yeah the updates all the time it's it's literal homework every night yeah. because I do a five-hour radio show every day so I spend my evenings like at home on the couch with my girlfriend when we're like watching movies or whatever I'm on my laptop like researching and finding stories to talk about the next day because it's like no matter what I have to fill that five-hour time and I'm doing mm -hmm. a radio show by myself um so I yeah I gotta figure out what I'm gonna talk about the next day which is also a good thing because it keeps me on top of everything so mm -hmm. even if I'm feeling a little lazy with it or just like 
don't want to keep up with it as much that week or something like that. Um, yeah, it forces me to, which is good because then I'll be like, okay, well, that is a good story. Maybe I'll make a TikTok <laughs> about that tomorrow. And then like, it yeah. goes on from there. So yeah, it keeps me going. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. fine. I guess that's really interesting. And I'm yeah. glad I looked it up. Right. But it is, it's, it's nice too. When I have like a week off, like my girlfriend and I went to Mexico a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I'm not going to do any stories while I'm here. I'm not going to like post anything or like look into anything or even like read stuff online because it can also be kind of toxic and like mm -hmm. gossipy and stuff like that. So that was really nice too, to like force myself to just take a break and like really take a week off of it. Um, because yeah, it can, it can get a lot. Yeah. And you need work-life balance. You need that, yeah, that turn totally. off too. Absolutely. I'm still learning that, but yeah, yeah definitely. Me too, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and okay. So I always feel like I, don't know what's going on with yeah. a lot of things like I feel I yeah, mean, like honestly, are you a big fan of pop culture I love pop culture and I also am always the one who someone's saying something I used to do this I'm trying not to therapy but like I used to be the one where if you came up and you were like Amanda oh my god did you hear what happened so and so is pregnant and all this happened I'm yeah. like oh, yeah <laughs> and smile uh, through it and just try and pick up details because I don't right. want anyone thinking that I'm stupid so right. here's my question other than your TikTok, which is a great a great outlet for that where do you go to find like great celebrity pop culture updates and stuff without it being super toxic? Because there's some places that just oh, okay. get so toxic where I'm like, this is not supportive of any artist. This is full gossip. And I feel bad. I feel gross reading this, you know? Yeah, there's definitely um, outlets where it does feel like that. Like yeah. when Perez Hilton was really big, yes, that was exactly. a big thing that was really toxic there. I have like a, honestly, like a note in my phone that has all of my like prep links. So I like every night I like go oh. through each of the links and it like tells me, <laughs> and I feel like it's a good gauge of like, just not only pop culture, but just like things that are going on in the world and news yes. and stuff like that. But I go on Reddit a lot. I think that's really good. There's like a, actually the subreddit that's called pop heads. I find really good because it's all about pop music and it's not necessarily about like um, talking about the person specifically. Like it won't be like Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello broke up. It'll be like, hey, here's Shawn Mendes' new song. What do we all think about it? So it's more music focused and things like yeah. that. So I'll look for things like that, like Rolling Stone, Billboard, and Emmy. Um, yeah, things that really get into like what inspired that artist's album and and all of that mm. stuff so because I'm interested in that as well and then also there's like a bunch of movie ones that are like that too where you can like really learn about the movies rather than just like who the person is dating so okay. yeah all right I'm heading over there I think that's you. a good question though that's, oh, thanks. that's what I'm gonna do because sometimes I just find like I'm gonna google what's going on and then it yeah. just I'm in a dark hole of everybody shitting on everybody else and it's like oh my god run away I'd rather just hear from friends totally. what's going yeah. on yeah or sometimes you see headlines too and it's like um, so-and-so sported their midriff at the beach. Like Daily Mail is really yeah. bad for that, where mm. they're like, and I'm like, I don't care that, That's not news. that somebody was wearing a crop top today. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like, that doesn't interest me at all. But for no. some reason, they felt the need to write an entire article about it. So yeah. I never want to be that person. Like I, I love to look at things or situations that are happening in ways that like, might get kind of start an argument or a debate between people like mm. things that could are an example of real life that's happening in celebrity that could like I don't know influence culture as a whole yeah oh I love that well that's what I was wondering like do you what kind of stories do you find you're drawn towards of of because you I know there are limitations in certain like certain guidelines and things you need to stick with in certain shows and your syndicated show like it being you know across Canada mm -hmm. but are there certain stories 
for celebrities and stuff that you're always drawn towards? Like love yeah, stories that's or a good question. money or friendship? Like what are you drawn towards? I think um, something personally that I just enjoy, because I'll only ever make videos about things that I like enjoy talking yeah. about. Like I don't really put myself out like talking about things that I don't know too much about, or I just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not totally educated. in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like looking back at like pop culture history and like Ooh. how people were treated at certain times or something like that, or just like revisiting stories that I don't think got enough attention when it happened then, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, I'll be like, yeah. Do you guys remember that random time that like <laughs> Katy Perry, um, oh, the I just saw that. I was just watching that TikTok about the documentary where she was crying about her divorce. Oh yeah, I totally one. just cut you off. No, I that's knew what you were talking about. But yeah, that was like when Russell Brand like broke up with her over text, and then she was bawling backstage by having to go out on stage. Like that's oh, insane. Yeah. Or it's like there's another one with Katy Perry where it's like she tried to buy a convent, but then she had to go to court with oh, against a bunch of nuns, and then one of the nuns died in court. The day that they were there. Yeah. There's like a whole thing where I was like thinking about that one day and I was like, I feel like people aren't talking about that enough or like that didn't get enough attention. So I like made a TikTok being like, anyone else remember the time that like Katy Perry took some nuns to court and then the nun died and then she didn't end up getting the convent and blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. I'll send you the link after. It's a good (laughs) one. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, just stuff like that. I like revisiting things. So I think that's kind of a big one. And then also, um, Yeah, I think I don't know if there's any particular like topic that I enjoy more than others, but I do work a lot in pop music like my Mm -hmm. a lot of the interviews that I do 99% of them have to do with musical artists. Mm -hmm. So I do have like such a love for um, the music industry and that that side of entertainment. So that's definitely like an avenue I navigate more towards Mm -hmm. in being interviewed yourself. What have you learned about interviewing celebrities? Like, Oh my goodness. I've learned so much. I started to get interviewed by students a lot more during the pandemic because a lot of them in radio school, like get assigned to interview a radio host. So they'll reach out and I'll do interviews. And always after I'm like, okay, it like has shifted how I interview. I don't even know what it is specifically, but like I'll get asked a question and then it'll be kind of worded in a way where I'm like, oh, that's a hard question. Like, I don't know if I could come up with something off the top of my head. Like, I might have to think about that one for a while. So then I, when I go to artists, I'm like, okay, I want to phrase it in a way that they can probably think about it off the top of their head or will like know the answer to it right away or it won't be like too deep and stuff like that. Or just how to navigate the conversation in general um, yeah. and have it like flow better and stuff like that. So yeah, that is, um, that's so interesting that you asked that because I do, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Well, and it's such a specific, like when you're interviewing artists and I, I've heard you say like, you have 10 or 15 minutes or, or even if it's something that's live, like it's so mm-hmm. different than let's say this, for example, a podcast where if you ask the guest the question, they could take 10 minutes if they want to think about the totally. answer and no problem. We can cut that out. But mm-hmm. in a live interview, I totally see what you're saying of like wanting to make sure that you're being, you're making it as easy as possible for the guests to know the answer about themselves. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the times, because I only have 10 minutes, I have mm-hmm. to get like the certain sound bites. Like I have to ask them about the yeah. new sound because we have to hear about that. I have to ask about like the music video if it probably just came out and they're probably going to head on tour because they have new music coming out. So it's like, you have to hit all these marks and you only have a short amount of time, but you also have to have the conversation flow really well, but you also want to get in those personal questions because you're, <laughs> you're a fan of them. So with like you and I talking and having like an hour or whatever um we can I can talk about all the things that I'm into or you can ask me all the things that you want and then there's still time for all that other stuff so that's yeah 
I wish I had like an hour with every artist that I talked to because of course I feel like I would learn so much. Yeah. Well, listen, you just eventually you just have your hour long show, whether it's on the radio, it's on TV, it's a podcast, whatever you do, right. and you just bring That's all next. those people back. You just keep yeah. all those questions you didn't get to ask them in your note in your phone and then just yeah. bring them back. Yeah. I know I have um <laughs> I have a note in my phone for all the questions that I have to ask people that I haven't had a chance to interview yet. Oh, so I'll be like, Oh, I really want to ask Billie Eilish that. So I like have it just like in my back pocket in case I ever interview her so I can like go to that and be ready to go. Oh my God. That's yeah. so smart. That's such, that must be like such a long list of yeah. people and questions. Like, or it's like long... I've interviewed them already and I'm like, damn it. Why didn't I ask them about yeah. that? So I'm like, okay, next time I interview them. And then it's a good way to like manifest too. Cause I'm like, if I start to prep for the interview, then that'll help me maybe get that get interview it. one day. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Billie Eilish. If yeah. anyone's Billie. hi, she's a listener. Billie like, Eilish. Phineas, I've already interviewed him. So I'm like, <laughs> you can go. you can you just call Billy and put her on? Yeah. Oh, that's already a connector. That's perfect. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's so awesome that you've been able to take like your passion and your love, like pop culture and radio and interviewing people and turn it into your career. Like that's the dream. Mm-hmm. I feel so grateful that I have ended up in this position. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Well, and worked for it. Ended up, but worked yeah, for it. Because worked very awesome. hard. Yeah, we just yes. have to, re- everyone has to remind each other of that, you know? Yeah. How do you make sure to protect the love for it and that it doesn't turn into work? Because sometimes when you turn your love into work, it can suck all that fun out of it. How do you protect that? Um, taking breaks. Like yeah. if I find that TikTok is, cause TikTok can be a pretty toxic place. Mm. So if I find that it's making me unhappy, then I'll stop. Like, I'll, and I didn't allow myself to do that for a really long time because I felt like I had to post one every day and I had to keep it up and all these things. Mm. But now it's just like, I have to take care of myself first. And I know that if I'm miserable doing it, I'm not going to enjoy it. And then the end result isn't going to be as good. Totally. So really just like giving myself time to like, um, just not look at comments or look at my phone for a day or just, yeah, really do something else. That's like not related to being on a screen. Mm -hmm. Like I was dating my girlfriend for two years, long distance when we first started dating. So we were always on FaceTime, like 24 hours a day, or like, if I wasn't at work, looking at a screen I was at home looking at a looking screen, at screen. Yeah. and that really got to me too because especially I'd have her in the corner and I'm like looking up things online and like writing TikToks and whatever so then I think now she's lived here in Canada with me for about two months and I've really grown to appreciate again just like living experiences and like mm. spending the night not on the computer and stuff like that so I think that is really important and then mm. also just like making sure that I'm having fun because as soon as I start to really feel like it's work I know that I'm like working myself too hard and stuff like that. So I really enjoy what I'm doing and I, and what I do for a living. So I, as long as I can like remind myself of that and do things that I enjoy or like mix up my show and do different things so that I don't get bored of it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like reminding yourself kind of like why you got into it and what you, what you love about it. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I get stressed out about work and then I'm like, I'm stressed out because I've like, can't come up with another like pop culture story to talk about or like something relatable about my life where like I'm like there's nurses who have been like worked to the ground throughout the pandemic who are stressed like real Mm. stressed so then I have to remind myself like this is not real like this is all for fun and it's for entertainment so it's like Mm. I I can't get too stressed over that you know yeah oh I love just giving a perspective shift I mean even if Mm. I get stressed about like interviewing somebody for the pod I'll remind myself like I'm choosing that they're there. It's going to be fun. Totally. They're, they're willingly doing it with you. They also (laughs) want to be there. So it's just, and you're doing it again for entertainment value to like Mm -hmm. brighten someone else's day. So how great Mm -hmm. is that, that we get to do that, right? It's so freaking great. It's so great. It really, really is. I always remind myself too, like I could quit all of this if I want to. I could, like I have the power here. I'm not like, nobody's forcing me to do this. So like, yeah, that always helps perspective 
shift too. Yeah, and thinking definitely. of the nurses, always thinking of the always nurses. think of the nurses always helps all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. I know this seems like a silly, this feels like a silly question, but I'm curious for you specifically, what makes you love Oprah so much? What do you okay. love about Oprah so much? You just, I know there's so many things to love, but like everyone loves Oprah. It. That's yeah. the thing. So it seems stupid to ask, but I'm like, I want to know why you love Oprah. Okay. Do you want the real answer? Or do you want the answer that I like give people? Oh my God. I would love the real answer if you feel comfortable. Okay. If not, give me the one that you give people. No, I'll give you the real answer. Okay. I love um, so Oprah, I just have watched Oprah since I was a child, like every day after school, like so many people did because she back when there wasn't as much like streaming online and so all the things um <laughs> we would sit down and watch tv and um remember that yeah. commercials <laughs> right yeah i'd watch every day after school and i i always felt like she was asking the people the questions that i wanted to know so i was like whoa that's crazy like she always had the best questions which i think now goes into like my love of interviewing and stuff like that but yeah she i just learned so much from her and also like i said i grew up really religious so i grew mm -hmm. up just like in this bubble of like going to church twice every Sunday, going to a Christian school. Like I, my friends weren't into all the things that I was into, but like Oprah was into all of the things that I was into. So I saw oh. her as like a friend, like I'm sure also a lot of people um, saw her as. And then I, um, from the ages of 13 to 18, I like speak openly about the fact that I was sexually abused by my stepfather for like five and a half years. So that was like a huge secret that I was holding that no one else knew about. That was like this traumatic thing that was happening to me at home all of a sudden. And Oprah had so many episodes on sexual abuse because she was sexually abused when she was younger. So I immediately could relate to her on that level. And because she was sexually abused and she knew that it was such a common thing, um, she had over 200 episodes of her show that would talk about it. So there were so many episodes that I caught where I felt like she was speaking right to me and like giving me advice on this thing that I couldn't talk to anyone else about. So because of her, I was so aware of what was happening to me and it allowed me to do like a lot of research on my own while it was happening to really make sure that I wasn't like too fucked up after oh. it was all over. So I credit her to the fact that I feel like I'm okay after wow. going through like such a traumatic thing. So to give you like the not super fun answer as to why I love Oprah so much. Um, but yeah, that was it. I like credit her to like saving my life. Like it's crazy. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't. I know you're like the not fun answer. I'm about to sound like a Sesame Street, but like the honest answer is always the fun answer. Right. It's always yeah, that. True. Wow. And even just to hear you. So from 13 to 18, and then to hear you say at that time, like it helped me make sure that I wasn't going to be too fucked up. Like at that age, almost like giving yourself therapy, almost like, yeah. like seeing forward to me, like, okay, I know what's happening right now. It's mm -hmm. a very intelligent thing yeah. yeah I was like I don't know how to get out of it but I know that it can like really screw people up so then I was like how I'm gonna figure out how to like use this to help me later in life and like not let this like kill me like not the, <sighs> let this ruin me so yeah. I actually got to meet Oprah a couple years ago and then I told her everything I was oh. like yeah I was like I just have to tell you like I love you so much and like, I, I was sexually abused for five years and you, like your advice is what helped me like finally tell my mom. And then she like grabbed both my hands and she was like, was it, she started like asking me all questions about it. She was like, who was it? Like, how long did it go on for? Was it like one time or was it many times? Like how many episodes do you think it took for you to like, let it sink in like all this stuff. So I think that was, yeah, which is crazy. Wow. I just got chills when you're, when right? you're saying like all the questions and stuff. She, she asked like, that's so generous. I know I was like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. It oh. was 
it was just so nice that she like asked about it, which I'm sure she has so many people that come up to her for that because she's helped so many people. So it's, it was nice that she like gave me a few minutes of her time, which is wild. So, and I always like, that was number one thing on my bucket list was to like thank Oprah for helping me. And then I got to do it. So it's crazy. Oh my God. Well, and now like theoretically, because you do speak about your story and stuff too, like that, you could have somebody meet you one day. Totally. Hey, you did this. You could, you could, you could have an Oprah moment opposite with somebody where they're telling you. That is what inspired me to talk so openly about it because anytime Mm. I do, people always will reach out and be like, thank you for speaking about it because I either don't want to speak about it or I just Mm -hmm. like don't know who to relate to on it. So yeah. That's amazing and beautiful. And also I imagine can be potentially really heavy for you to like hold space for all those people's like grief and pain and also relief and all the beautiful things. But how do you make sure that you don't take a lot of that on or home with you like that that you don't hold everybody else's stories yeah it seems like it would be hard but it Mm. really helps me like I think hearing from other people that they can relate to me is just me now relating to them so it's like finally having those people that I can talk to and it always it's always weird to relate to someone on such a horrific thing Mm. but um it is really it feels really healing for me to talk to people about it Mm. and also for me it was really this like huge secret that I had for so long that I couldn't talk to anyone about like I would practice saying it out loud alone in my room because I like didn't know how to how to vocalize it yeah so because it was this huge secret talking like being able to talk about it right now is so such a blessing like it's Mm. so crazy because I never thought that I would get to the point in my life where I could Mm -hmm. so for me it's just like the whole thing is very yeah it helps me a lot do you ever find that in conversations where you're talking to other people about it or you're telling people for the first time or not the first time Mm. do you ever find yourself like wanting no not wanting feeling like Mm -hmm. you have to or you're obligated to take care of them like you're talking about something and then you're worried oh am I like even when you're like oh this is this isn't the fun answer like are you worried ever that you're like is this am I going too deep am I talking too dark like can you handle this and then you're taking care of the other person yeah almost or I'm almost kind of it's not that I'm embarrassed but I don't ever want it to seem like I'm like trying to seek attention or like to I don't know like gain sympathy or anything like that so I think it's only like whenever people message me or reach out to me and they're like they're just like, I'm so sorry that you went through this and blah, blah, blah. Then, then when I have to be like, no, it's okay, blah, 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 then it feels like it takes a little bit more energy. Just when like they give me the sympathy and I'm like, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just like yeah. telling you my story. But I, it doesn't ever feel like too bad. Like it's, yeah, it, overall, it's just like the, the good always outweighs the yeah. bad in, yeah. those, in those situations. So Absolutely. I do think, I think it's so um, generous and open. I mean, partly who cares what I think do what you want. Secondly, I just wanted to say that also, I think it's so generous. Like you're so generous and you're so open with telling your story. And I think it's like incredible and, and beautiful about, about, um, coming out and about like growing up in a religious community and how that was difficult. And then on top Mm -hmm. of it with your healing journey through sexual abuse, like all of it talking about it. And I wonder in retelling your experience like over and over again how do you think that impacts how you think and feel about that time of your life like retelling that story wow you asked such good questions thanks Shannon that actually means a lot coming from you no that's really great um I think so I have to be careful that I'm not retelling things because I've already told them like I'm I have to be careful that I'm not like not like forming a fake story or something that I'm like remembering all the details or like telling it in the best way that I can tell it, I guess. Cause it Mm. is like the abuse, for example, took place over such a long period of time. So when I sum it up in like a 20 minute speech that I'm giving you or something, I have to like really think about how I'm telling it 
And then also when it comes to like growing up really religious and like being gay and all of that stuff, like I've had conversations with my family where they still feel like they're kind of on the other side of it, where they're still very involved in the church and they're very like, um, they're not totally accepting of me being gay. So like when I speak about my family and things like that and on podcasts and stuff, and then they hear it, sometimes they get offended because they think like, oh, you're, you're only telling your side of the story, but that's the only side that I have to tell like that, that I can only speak from my own experiences, Mm -hmm. but they think because I'm, they almost see it as like an attack sometimes because they don't have the opportunity to express their side of the story. Mm -hmm. So that can be a little bit difficult when telling the story because I don't want to offend anyone. And I didn't speak out about being gay online, even until like a couple of years ago, out of respect for my family, because they didn't like me talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I got to a point where I was like, I, I, this is who I am. And I am like Mm -hmm. not sharing my whole story and it feels weird. Um, So yeah, there's just like Thing, harder things to navigate when it comes to that to not like offend my family but also like but I want to be open about the fact that like they aren't going to come to my wedding like my siblings aren't going to be there and like mm-hmm. that is a really hard thing to to deal with and so many people deal with that mm-hmm. and like are constantly told by their family that they're like not equal when they bring their partners over and stuff like that so it's like it's still such a huge issue and I think a lot of people forget that like homophobia is still prevalent in today's society. And Mm. I'm an example of that. So let's talk about it so that Mm. we can end that stigma and we can like, like get better, you know? So yeah, yeah. And just talk about it without thinking about like, which pieces of our, which parts of our voice we have to segment out and mute and which parts of our voice we're allowed to share openly. Yeah. And like, I'm turning 30 this year. So Mm. I think I, I'm having like a lot of revelations where I'm like, I'm so tired of like, censoring myself or like not saying certain things to offend people and whatever. So I'm just going to like lay it all out there and then that's just be what it is. Yeah. It's too much to carry. Mm -hmm. When you were speaking just now about kind of the, the, maybe not the pressure, but the desire to like get the facts right. Kind Mm -hmm. of like you had said, Mm -hmm. get it, make sure you're saying it right. I wonder like, if anyone asked me about between 13 to 18, I would not get the facts right. Like, I just right. wouldn't. I think it's impossible. I mean, we know, like, eyewitnesses get it wrong. Like, there's yeah. studies about this, right? So totally. I wonder how much of that pressure comes from how much victim blame happens, like, in our society and how much the default is to not trust people who have gone through sexual abuse. Like, mm-hmm. do you think it comes from any of that? Or where do you think that pressure to, like, get all the facts straight right. comes from? It could be from the fact that I like had to physically like go to court to like tell my whole story Mm, and I had to get the facts right. So it maybe it's like rooted in that. I feel like I'm in therapy right now where I'm like, where (laughs) is it from? Um, But yeah, it could be that, or just like wanting to make sure that I like, I don't know, it's not even just like getting the facts wrong, but it's just like telling it in that right way or like in the Mm. way that will best relate to other people so that I can like yeah, like get the whole story in. I don't know. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. Like I, yeah, like you said, it's 13 to 18 is such a, like your teenage years. So it's, there's a lot that goes on in that time. And so much abuse happened that it, I don't remember a lot of it, which is mm-hmm. great. But then there's other things that I really remember. So I have to also remember that, like, just because I, and a lot of just like memories in general from that time, I don't remember because I think I was so focused on the abuse that I remember yeah. a lot of the abuse, but not a lot about like, my sister will tell me a story about something we did as teenagers. I was like, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. But I think it's because I was ne- looking back. I'm so focused on all the abuse that happened that I feel like that was like, so my entire life where I have to then remember like, oh, there actually was like good times in there as well, mm. you know, mm. but it's hard yeah. when it's like, 
the the bad always sticks out more than the good. Yeah. Well, and and when you're in survival mode for that long, it's like, yeah. no, I'm not going to remember that we went to go see the movie and then we got ice cream. Like that's just yeah. not. I'm going to remember like what happened that story. night. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Like that's just not the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's like you said, it's like your whole teenage years and I know you've spoken kind of about like sometimes mourning like your teenage years mm-hmm. um of what could have been and I, mm-hmm. I find that for myself like I often mourn periods of my life of like what could have been or or and sometimes it's what if I did this but sometimes it has nothing to do with a choice that I made or didn't make it's just like oh and and I get stuck in it sometimes and I'm wondering for you like when you find yourself feeling that way what helps you get through it or out of it whatever applies better the thing that helps me the most when thinking about like mourning different parts of my life is, mm-hmm. is being proud of who I am today mm-hmm. and liking who I am today. So the fact that I am where I am and I have succeeded more than I ever thought that I would in my career and hopefully still go to succeed more. Um, and the fact that I am like happy and healthy and have a girlfriend that I live with, like my life is so much better than I ever thought that my life would be. Mm-hmm. So then as soon as I think about that, then I think like, who cares about any mistake that I may have thought that I made that would have led to a different thing because every mistake that I made has led me to where I am, which sounds so cheesy, but it's like, so true. <laughs> it's like everything that I've done in my life has led me to now and I, and to who the person that I am. Um, so, and I like that person a lot. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Oh, that's a great answer. <laughs> I'm going to think about that. Like sometimes I get stuck, like, Oh, mm. what if this would have been my whatever? Yeah. What if Amanda won the Cineflex pre-show? What if, <laughs> what if Amanda was first place instead of Ben? Or, Sam? I can't remember which I don't one remember. was first place. Anyway, what if I was third place instead of Shane? Um, yeah. I also grew up like around religion and not mm-hmm. as much, I think, as, again, and I, I, I'm not going to come in here assuming I know you, as much as it, it seems like when you've spoken right. about it, um, but grown up around a religious community. And like, I definitely... It definitely imprinted or implanted like a lot of shame or judgment or like a lot of conditional acceptance in myself Mm -hmm. that's like kind of stuck there for me personally. And I know you share that like because of being raised in a religious community, you never you never thought at that time that you would come out and like be openly gay and love being gay and like not like all those things. So I wonder for you what aspects of religion or the religious community made it so difficult to ever imagine coming out. Yeah, I, well, I grew up in a community. Uh, the denomination is called Canadian Reformed Christianity. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's a it mainly consists of Dutch people that formed a church after World War II after they came over to Canada. Um, so it's a lot of Dutch people, like very much so. It's a, a closed knit, tight community where like there's not a lot of new people that enter unless you're mm. like Dutch. They're very Dutch proud. Um, so <laughs> I grew up in that religion, and part of the religion believes that you can be born gay, but you can't um, act on it. So I always was taught that like in school, I was taught that at church, like, like God makes you gay, but he gave this to you as a struggle for you to overcome. So knowing, realizing that I'm gay, I thought like, okay, well, if I'm gay, the right thing to do would be to like, never act on it, never to like go on a date or like have to accept that I'm never going to fully be happy in a relationship and get married and have a family. Like that's my, my whole life was like crushing or like crashing down because I didn't think that I could be happy. 
Mm-hmm. So then that really sucked. I was like, wow, this is not a fun religion to be in. Like this is, <laughs> they're really not giving me a lot to look forward to in my life. Um, and then a lot of it too was like, well, you can learn to love a man. And then I thought like, maybe I will just like force myself to marry a man. But then I thought that's not going to be fair to him because I'm just mm. going to be lying. And then down the road, I eventually will probably just be so unhappy that I'll leave. And then you can't get divorced either in the church. So it's like, <laughs> what am I going to do then? So there really just was like not a lot of options oh. for me. So just, yeah, the way that I was taught about about things I believed through and through my whole life. And I was such a mm. like diehard Christian. I did my what's called profession of faith. So I did took like night classes for like seven years and then became like an official member of the church. And once you're an official member, then it's really hard to leave. Mm. So there's things like that, that I was like very much into, but it's all I ever knew. And it's like mm. all the, the whole community of people that I was around were all people that were in the church. So it really was just like my life. But then I started to, I went to college that was like not a Christian college. So I started to meet all different types of people. And then it really opened my eyes to like just different ways that people live Mm. and ways that people can be happy and not feel guilty about everything that they do, which is wild to me because I just always had guilt around like everything, like Uh, watching movies or like being into celebrities. That was a sin or like thinking that I might be gay. Like that's a sin or like wanting to buy something on Sunday that's a sin or wear jeans to church is a sin like there's so many Uh. there's so many rules so then when I realized that there's just other ways of living that I had never witnessed before then Mm -hmm. I started to really look into that and when I started to make friends with people who weren't in the church who started to question me on my beliefs and why I believe specific things Mm -hmm. then it really allowed me to start questioning it as well because I never questioned it growing up because I was just surrounded by people that believed the same things as me Mm -hmm. so then through that I was like yeah I really started to question let's have like this whole identity crisis and then um eventually got to a point where I was like fully okay with myself but it definitely took some time It's huge. I mean, to find out, I mean, I imagine once those friends are questioning you and you have the realization like, oh, okay, I actually like Shannon, I actually don't know if I believe in this. Like if this resonates for me and my heart, that might be hugely liberating because it's like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. maybe being gay isn't a challenge that was put in front of me. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I can, yeah, marry a woman. Like be myself. Yeah. But it's also like, that's earth shattering. Like I thought of the Truman Show, the movie in my Mm -hmm. head of like, just finding out everything that you've been taught maybe isn't what what it is. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, and all those beliefs are still going to be in you like I, I haven't gone to church and I can't count the men, the number of years but I know that I still have like the, the little little things about being ashamed of who I am or, or those little like implanted thoughts I know mm-hmm. it's from then and it's still in me oh I still have religious guilt all the time yeah like it's, how do you yeah. get out of that how do you how does yeah, that get out of you it is practice <laughs> I guess but it's like <laughs> Even, yeah, like I still feel guilty posting about being gay online because I know that people will see it that are going to be upset. Mm -hmm. So it's like that I feel guilty about because I never want to make other people upset. But then I have to think like, it's just really just reminding yourself like, Mm -hmm. no, what I'm doing is not wrong. Mm -hmm. What, how they are feeling is wrong. And then, and a big part of it was I started to make a lot of gay friends. So then when my family would talk to me about being gay and they'd be really upset or against me being gay, they'd say like homophobic comments, I would like kind of take it to heart. But then I would think, would I ever think that way about my friends? Like I would never let somebody talk to my friends like that. So why am I letting them talk to me about that? So that was really helpful um, in just like that whole, yeah, self-discovery thing in my life. Well, again, having that like perspective shift, like, and when you can't do it for yourself, having somebody else that you trust and that you like 
trust their values, allowing right. like snap out of it, Shannon. No. And then it goes, yeah, it goes the other way as well. Because mm. now I look back at ways that I treated people when I was a Christian, or I still am a Christian, but like when I was in that denomination or mm-hmm. was so active in the church and things like that. Like I used to go to abortion rallies. I was like so mm. pro-life. I would like hold up signs on the highway when I was like 12 years old that was like saying abortion is murder. Mm-hmm. And then like try, how did that make people in those cars feel at that time? Mm-hmm. Like I would never in my I would never do that now. I'd be on the mm-hmm. opposite of side of that. So it's you I kind of look back too and I'm like, oh, like that, there's guilt that comes with that. And then there's guilt from both ways. So it's really just like, yeah, figuring out all of wow. that. And I mean, it sounds like also though, it would give you such a capacity for empathy for those people. Whereas like for somebody else that maybe didn't have that journey, who never was like in the mind of a pro-life or in the mind of a homophobic person or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I was homophobic. Like I disagreed with gay people. So mm-hmm. I, when my family is talking to me, I'm like, I know exactly how you're feeling. Cause I used to feel that exact way. Like you have yeah. this aura of, yeah, that you're just like kind of better than everyone or like that you, you have all the right answers and you're just trying to help that person get into heaven. So you, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter that you're being judgmental to them or whatever, because you're really just trying to help them. So I like mm-hmm. understand where people are coming from in that way. Like, yeah, it definitely does give you a certain level of empathy, but then yeah. at the same time, you're like, snap out of it. <laughs> like totally. Yeah. yeah. And I could, I could understand too, being stuck. Like for me, for example, I might be like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and change their mind or I'm not going to try no. and whatever. But for you, I could imagine it might be quite alluring to try and change their mind and teach them because you were that person like you you changed your mind and like you learned new things and and gained experiences with other people and from other people and then changed your mind and so I don't know do you ever find yourself like with your family or anybody it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. somebody personally close to you wanting to like teach them because that's a lot of yeah that's a lot of work on you I guess right labor on you I would love to, but I, I also think too, in the way that they think that they're going to change my mind, yeah. I, and I know that they're not going to change my mind. I have to accept that I'm not going to change theirs yeah. either. Yeah. So it's like, it, you kind of have to come to that realization at a certain point where you can like try and try, but mm-hmm. they're just like, they would love for me to probably like stop acting on being gay and find a man. That's obviously not going to happen in the same way that I can't accept yeah, that that will ever be a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like almost giving up hope too, because I like Mm -hmm. don't want to, I don't want to keep wishing for it when I know that that's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a really hard thing to like, accept to know how to accept. Yeah, exactly. Like the wedding thing you, you mentioned, or any, I mean, any of it. So, I mean, it's hard to, to find a way to accept it. Cause I think, yeah, I'm always like, no, there's hope. Keep pushing. But I think it's yeah. so right that with some people, yes. And with some people, you have to just kind like, of it is the way that it is. And, yeah, yeah. 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 And we're still just... close. Like I still have a great relationship with my siblings, like mm-hmm. not as close as we used to, but I have 10 nieces and nephews that I adore and Aww. we still go for sleepovers <laughs> and I still visit them. And we like, we know when to talk about those things and we know when to just leave it. And we yeah. can, we can put those aside and be a family. Um, Yeah in yeah. certain circumstances. And then sometimes we get a little heated, but yeah. <laughs> That's family, I guess. Sometimes yeah, exactly. Too, yeah. Yeah. And what is the saying? Like, don't expect from people what they're not capable of giving or something. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's one of those, I think it's more for dating, but yeah, right. it's like, I think it's the that, thing about, that works. yeah. Like torturing yourself with the hope with some people where it's like, even if it's in friendships, like if they, if they're a, a party friend and not like a friend you go to for emotional support, it's like, Hey, mm-hmm. stop trying to stop trying to go to them with emotional stuff. They're not, they're just a party friend. So that's just what's, what's going to happen. Totally. I wonder, I know this is a little ironic with me talking to you about it, but 
because you've shared these pieces of your life um, that are personal, like integral to who you are, do you ever do you ever feel pressure to talk about it? Like, do you ever feel like from other mm. people if they want to ask you about it, and you're like, I'm just not in the mood, like not today. Right. No, actually, because especially about the sexual abuse stuff, mm-hmm. I I for I like talk about it way more than people ask me to talk about it. But I think <laughs> those that's one of those topics that people shy away from and don't want to mm. ask about because they don't want to say the wrong thing. So mm. like this conversation that we've had is the most I've ever had a conversation with somebody publicly about it wow. because, but you're so good at like creating a safe space and like asking great questions. So it's like, it's, it makes it nice to talk about. So I would actually like to talk about it more. So thank you for giving me the space to do that. Absolutely. Um, and we're manifesting more yeah. Billy no. Eilish and talking about it more. Those yeah, are two right? manifesting for the day. <laughs> exactly. But no, I don't think that I ever feel like, oh, like it's too much or anything like that. Like I, like, like I said before, like for that, particularly that was such a big thing that I didn't get to talk about. So I love talking about Mm -hmm. it, but then being gay and stuff like that, it's just, it's easy to talk about myself because it's like my own personal experiences. Right. So, and it usually comes in like a positive thing or somebody seeking advice or just like having questions and, and things like that. So anything that I'm really talking about is are things that I'm like pretty passionate about. So Mm -hmm. I love talking about it and like, especially when it comes to like radio and stuff. Um, I love nerdy on about radio. So whenever people have questions about that, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's talk it. about it. Pop culture, radio, sexual abuse, oh, coming yeah. out, gay. I've like let's created my own. Yeah. Those thing. are all your subreddits. Those are like exactly. Shannon and then their subreddits. Yeah. I'm like, pick one. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's pick one. I'm so glad that you felt comfortable in this space. And I do really think that it's important. Like, I think everybody's walking around with their certain things that like, they're not sure if other people will hold space for. Mm-hmm. And it's important in areas that you hold space for other people. Like you can mm-hmm. handle it. Like I'm talking to myself. I can handle, because right. I think some people, sh- when they shy away from it and stuff, and I get it, if it's triggering to them, I totally understand. Totally. That's a different, oh, for sure. Totally yeah, different yeah. conversation. Yeah. But if it's talking about something, I always look at it as like, there's two options. Shannon can be alone in this and just think about it herself and just talk about it herself. Or we can both hold the bowl. Like you hold it by yourself or we can both hold it. And yeah. I, if you can hold it by yourself, I can handle fucking holding half the bowl. Like, come on, people. That's so nice. Yeah. Let's no, do that's a, little a great bit. way to yeah. look at that. Yeah. Which is why I ha- I like the other day was the anniversary of when I was sexually abused, like of the mm-hmm. day that I told my mom. So I, every year I do something to commemorate and every year I've started to do like, kind of like an AMA, like ask me anything on my Instagram where I like you anonymously or not, you can just like ask me any question that you have about it. And sometimes people ask like kind of inappropriate questions and stuff like that, but it's because I know that they're thinking it. So if I can be the person that can answer that, then maybe they won't go to someone and ask them that inappropriate question or something like that. So yeah, yeah, I like creating that space for people too. And it's really generous of you to create the space where like you can even educate them if you have the capacity at that time to be like, this this actually might borderline an inappropriate question for me yeah. it is for it's someone like, else that just a heads up yeah heads don't up. ask someone else's exactly. yeah. yeah heads up I'll answer this or not but not yeah, yeah not right now totally. yeah and it teaches me a lot about myself too or just like how mm. people think in general like what I learned this year is that a lot of people um tie my sexuality to the fact that I was abused and like think that one has to do with the other so there was a, like mm. a lot of questions that were tied to that so that mm. was it was nice to be able to like clear some of those things up and and know that people are thinking that yeah, that that is a very, very old myth, people. Yeah, that is come not on. true. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I remember being even really young and hearing that myth and being like, that's fucking stupid. Like, yeah, what are you it doesn't make about? sense no. if you like get down to it. Yeah. No, not so. at all. It doesn't make sense. No. In choosing to share these like wonderful parts of yourself publicly, is there, are there any parts of your life personally that you've decided, like, I will not share this publicly or parts that you wish you could share more, but you're worried it'll like negatively impact your career or like, it's not appropriate for your job. Oh, that's a good question. I probably, 
I get such an ego boost every time you say that, Shannon. It's so oh sweet. yeah, I know. It's but so you actually nice. have asked me so many questions I've never been asked before in my life. So it's like very, I love it so much. I know that's your goal. Like you said, when you interview people and when you said that, like how you want to do all the, all the research and you only want to ask questions they've never been asked. I'm like, yeah. oh, Shannon, that's me too. Totally. Right. Yeah. If one more person is like, so how did you get into radio? Like, I mean, <laughs> You're like, um, oh, Google. <laughs> anyway. Yes. And if it's, if it's something that's been asked before that I really want to know and like a different facet oh, of totally. it. Totally. And cool. people can ask but, me that. I don't care. I'm not like a, a but don't famous ask, person she has by to any be means. nice. Don't ask her that. Like, no. just Google it. Anyway. um, Is there anything that, I don't know. I think there's like certain parts, like obviously parts of my relationship that I don't post. Like a mm -hmm. lot of people, a lot of like queer people will make their like brand around their relationship because mm -hmm. there's such a lack of queer representation in media that a lot of queer people seek that in like the media that they consume. So there'll be like lesbian couples on TikTok or YouTube and stuff that really post a lot about their relationship because it it's helpful to other people. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the most comfortable doing that. I like to like keep my relationship just like a little bit more private or just like not make that the main focus, um, which it's great that other people are willing to do that because I soak it all in and I love it and I get attached <laughs> to all these people, but I just don't know if that's something that I could personally do. Mm -hmm. And then there's just like other things that I do that I think people will probably just find boring. I don't know. Like I do a lot of <laughs> yoga and I like don't really post about the fact that I do a lot of yoga. That's not a subreddit. That's not going to be a yoga yeah, subreddit. Like, We're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not about to be like, I'm a yogi, but, um, but I love yoga. Um, yeah, things like that. So but I, for the most part, I'm like, pretty open. I think like, I'm pretty like authentic on air. And I, mm -hmm. I put everything out there, which I'm lucky enough to do. And I feel like, yeah, like who I am online is pretty much what you're gonna get. So yeah, there's not really not too much. And it must be kind of weird. Okay, so on a very, very small scale, when mm -hmm. I started this podcast and then I was having these conversations with people, I became aware like, oh, I'm I'm putting on a recording some more personal things about myself that like I haven't ever really like put out publicly or that right. I, or that otherwise maybe wouldn't be. And I've thought, oh God, is it so weird for celebrities when you meet them and like, you know, and I'm putting in air quotes for people listening, like, you know, everything about them and they have no idea what kind of person you are. They don't know your intentions. Mm -hmm. They don't know your values. They don't know how yeah. you feel about them. Right. And I'm wondering for you as well, like people can listen to you on podcasts, on your podcast, they can see you on your TikTok, they can go on your Instagram, they can listen to you on the radio, like mm -hmm. people come to you already knowing a lot about you that is true, and then probably assuming a lot about you that isn't true. Mm -hmm. And so how do you kind of handle that energy? Like a lot of people maybe throwing hate at you or maybe like wanting to be your best friend and like, can we hang out? And mm -hmm. how do you kind of handle those conversations where you don't, these people are strangers, but they already feel like they know you. Right. Sometimes it's hard because people will make assumptions about me that aren't necessarily true. Or they'll like mm -hmm. comment on a video, like saying something that is, could not be further from like the person that I am, but they're <laughs> judging me based off like one video that they've mm. seen and then have taken something and ran with it. So that I think in the beginning, I would like be like, no, 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 that's not who I am as a person. Um, that like, you're, you're yelling at the wrong person. Like I, <laughs> I agree with you on that thing and whatever. So it'll be things like that where I'm like, that's not true. Or they'll think mm. like, I'll do like a pop culture story and they won't believe the thing that I'm saying. 
because I'll it'll be like a truth like you can google it like there's mm-hmm. I never talk about anything that's not true or else I'll lose credibility so I like yeah. make sure that my facts are right and stuff like that so they'll be like you're just making this out up for clout and I'm like that's literally not what I'm doing at all like I'm that would only hinder my career that wouldn't yeah. help me in any way so it's like things like that where I'm just like I want to like respond and be like no it's not true you can google this and this and this but then it's gotten <laughs> to a point now where I'm like they're going to comment that and they're going to keep scrolling and they're not going to think about that again so it's like I can just either I don't know like delete the comment or just leave it and then just also move on with my life like I'm not here to like make sure everyone knows every correct thing about me they can take it or leave it and I don't know them and and if they're commenting something like mean to me that I always think like if I were at a party and they were to say that to my face, would I try and be like, no, 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 that's not what it is. Or would I be like, who is this person? Like, Mm. don't talk to me like that. And then like, go talk to my friends, you know? So I try and think of it that way where I'm like, I'm not here to please these like trolls on the internet. So I'm just gonna like move on and live my life. And for the trolls and the people being trolling, I think, wait, the people being trolling, sounds like they're being controlling. For the people who are being trolled and the trolls, I think it's that's such an important thing to remember that like, okay, imagine before you comment something or before you mm-hmm. feel like you have to reply, imagine if it was in real life. Like, would you actually comment that to that person? Yeah. Would you actually say that? Because nobody online, would. No, yeah. they hide behind the screen. And it's like, mm, for both parties, I think, yeah, I think that's such a nice kind of reminder. Do you ever have to set any boundaries of people like really wanting to be your friend? I don't know. I don't think so. I've had like people like come up to like my friends in bars and be like all of a sudden like pretend like they casually bumped into them and got to know them and then later (laughs) we'll be at a party with that person and they'll be like I actually saw you and all your friends on TikTok and I really wanted to be your friend and I like infiltrated like I got in it and or like got in the group or whatever so which is kind of just funny um I don't see that as like anything bad or whatever (laughs) I'm like yeah that's awesome like be our friend yeah because I'm always looking to make new friends so I think I've just really seen it as like a positive like if somebody reaches Mm -hmm. out and they're like hey I think we'd really get along I'm like awesome like let's go for a drink like let's hang out so yeah I think it's it's all just like a positive thing and I think kind of to what I was saying about pop culture before where it's like such Mm -hmm. a connector I think social media in general or just having any sort of presence online is such a great opportunity for me just to meet new people Mm -hmm. and like and during the pandemic it was so nice I was connecting with like people all over the world who had like some similar interests to me. So I just see it. Yeah. It's like such a blessing. I love your filter, Shannon. Like you're not, because we can see each other filter seems like I'm talking about like Instagram right, yeah, filter yeah. or whatever, but just like the filter switch from your brain out of your mouth. It's just yeah. or how you see the, the world. Perspective. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's your perspective. It's just, yeah, it's really lovely and contagious and kind. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I would love to wrap up with like a little game kind okay. of. Yay. So it's similar to the TikTok trend where like the song is like stir fry sped up okay. or something. But the yeah. one where you're like, and for listeners, where you're like given a description, like, oh, the coolest celebrity you've ever met. And then you show oh, them yeah. really quickly on your phone. Oh, the phone and I, thing. The I've phone done that thing. Yeah. And I know you've already done it. Exactly. So I'm not going to ask you any of those, mm-hmm. but I was just going to give you a description like that. And then you tell me which celebrity you've interviewed you would answer for that question does that make sense yeah no I feel like that was the most convoluted way for me to say that I understand it I think you're gonna like give a thing and then I'm gonna tell you the celebrity that that's exactly yeah okay I'm gonna give you the thing and then you're gonna say instead of say the thing and then basically yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay okay great so out of all the celebrities you've interviewed who was the celebrity that was the most different than you expected them to be Oh, uh, good question. Okay, wait, I'm going to pull up a list of people because I write them down because sometimes I forget. Yes. Oh, who is the most different? 
than I thought that they would be. Mm-hmm. That is such a good one. Um, and this can be good, bad, or neutral. Like, it doesn't have to be right. like, oh, I thought they'd be great and they were an asshole. It's just like, who did you think, who's the most different than what you expected them to be? Right. Um, I think Camila Cabello. Oh, interesting. And I don't like to judge people based off one conversation because mm-hmm. people have bad days all the time. But mm-hmm. she was someone that was really just did not want to be there. Aww. And that's totally okay because you yeah. never know what's going on in someone's life, like ever. So I'm never going to like blame. And it, she could, we just, I don't know, you meet a celebrity and all of a sudden you have to jive and you have to like have a great conversation for 10 minutes and then that's it. And like be best friends. So that's, it's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she was someone that I was like, kind of like bummed after. Cause I was like, damn wow. it. I like love your music. And you gave me like absolutely nothing. And you like, I could very much tell that you did not want to be there and that's whatever. But anyways, yeah, yeah Camilla, Camilla that one surprised me. Cause I thought she'd be like super sweet, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I think about, sometimes I think about like, if I'm like having a really bad day or having mm. horrible period cramps, I'm like, God, I would suck as a celebrity right now. Cause oh, I just totally. like, you know, but you can't expect them to be on all the time no. and like doing back-to-back interviews. That's it's a lot and yeah. they're all overworked. So yeah, I don't yeah, blame totally. any of them. No. Yeah. And you also didn't sound like you were blaming her at all. I think about that. I'm like, what was she doing that day? You know, yeah, did she totally. miss a movie? Did her shoe break? I'm like, Oh, we're her and Sean in a fight. Like, Oh my God. Okay? I thought that too. <laughs> and I was going to say it. I'm like, Oh my God, look at me knowing some pop culture with Shannon. Like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so out of the celebrities you've interviewed, who was biggest crush celebrity? Oh, um, it just happened recently. Austin Butler. Oh, I saw oh my the look. I saw the look he gave you on your TikTok. He is so handsome. Like, so handsome. I was like, oh. am I gay? Like, geez. <laughs> um, Maybe yeah. he's the man that you marry and run away with and make your family so happy. That'll be it. I'll be like, mom. <laughs> It's Elvis. Yeah, he was one where like my girlfriend had to hear about it for a while. I was like, he is just so <laughs> dreamy. So yeah. For me, if I think somebody is really attractive, once I get to know them, even in like five minutes, it can mm-hmm. really it can make them more attractive or less attractive, like significantly. It really, really affects it. Is it the same yeah. for you with their personality or or can you separate just them like in general? Yeah, just in general. With can celebrities? you separate it a little bit more? With celebrities, with real people, like with like I find it with everybody. I I have thought a celebrity is so, so, so hot. And then I mm-hmm. watch them in an interview again. Like I'm not judging them, but it's to the point of like, it doesn't affect them if I think they're hot or not. Yeah. Um, no. They don't care. So they'll talk and I'm like, oh, never mind. Like, I don't yeah. really think they're hot anymore. Does that? Or I'm like friends with someone that I like followed on Tumblr for years or something mm. like that, where I like have this idea of who they are. And then I'm friends with them. And I'm like, think they're they're super attractive and then being friends with them for a while I'm like oh you're just like a weirdo like you're just like (laughs) whatever so there's things like that where you're like oh yeah you're hot but like also like yeah yeah did Austin Butler's like personality make him hotter well okay so people bugged him for having because he played Elvis in the new Elvis movie and he still has like the Elvis voice because he lived as that character for like two years so he said it's like hard to let go of that and a lot of people were making fun of him online for having that voice still but I just thought it added to his attractiveness I was like this only makes him more attractive and I really he gave me like a great interview and he was super kind like so nice very engaged so I think yeah he only just got more attractive I was gonna say kindness you're gonna be hotter for me right Right? away you're gonna be hotter a hundred percent doesn't take a lot no it really doesn't kindness consideration empathy nailed it okay out of the celebrities you've interviewed 
Who is the best smelling celebrity? Or I know you had to do interviews over Zoom. So also who seemed like they would smell the best? <laughs> you can include them too. I did an interview Oprah, but Oprah smelled amazing. Of course. Um, I can tell you that. I think my caption on the, on the Instagram post about it was like, she smelled great. Oh. Um, but smelled amazing. I don't know if I like got it from anyone else. Oh, Niall Horan. Niall Horan smells good. Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. So I got to um, hang out with him in person. So that was really great. I got to smell him in person. I got to smell Love him. Love it. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so out of the celebrities you've interviewed, which celebrity has the most daddy energy? Oh, the most. This is so <laughs> such a fun game. I love this game. Maybe like AJ from the Backstreet Boys. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like he kind of gave. He kind of like was. He was just. I don't know. Had daddy energy. I would, had daddy vibes. I would not have thought of him, but as soon as you said him, like, oh my God, I feel like he has daddy energy, but also that like he knows, like that's his MO. He's like, I yeah. have I am daddy energy. Right. That's totally. my goal for the day is I'm it's daddy just his, energy. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just his vibe. Absolutely. Or maybe like Sean Mendes. Like he Okay. He was just one, maybe not daddy energy, but he definitely mm. was one where I met him in person and he's like very tall. Like that mm. caught me off guard because of how tall he is. And also just like very confident in himself so immediately you just like have this like he has this like thing around him you know yeah yeah so. confidence can be everything yeah again make you more attractive okay and i have two more for you one is which celebrity seemed most like they have a secret oh. like a like a and it could just be like a mystery about them you're just like ooh, i want to know more you secretive little beauty right that's um oh well sometimes there's like uh, a long list of like rules that we have with artists where like you can't ask them about like this and this and this and this and this so sometimes there's like a lot more rules so then you're like oh you definitely have something tied you have some secrets maybe this can also just be secretive energy like it doesn't have to be skeletons in the closet it can just be right. like god you're alluring and I want to know more yeah like Sam Smith I think I would have loved to like I want to like know what your day-to-day -day life is like. I want to know oh, like yeah. who your friends are, like things like that. <laughs> so talking to yes. them, I was like, could only to ask about music, but I was like, I have so much, like, who are you yeah. dating? Like, yeah. do you drink coffee in the morning? Do you like fleece blankets? Like, do you sleep naked? <laughs> but I think that also is rooted in the fact that I just really want to be friends with them. And I'm like, yeah. let's hang out and tell me everything about your life. <laughs> so that could be more on me than them. Right, right, right. It's like, even if they don't have a secret, you want to know all the things. Anyway. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. give me, tell me about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. My last one is if you weren't living with your girlfriend, everything mm -hmm. was still wonderful with her. You guys, yeah. you, she, she was just not in Canada yet. We, were, we just made so much money that we had different Toronto apartments. Yeah. Exactly. You had different ones and, and you would go back and forth. So which celebrity that you've interviewed, would you most want to be roommates with? Oh, okay. Good question. Okay. Who do I want to be roommates yeah. with? Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't, it's not going to be romantic. This is strictly platonic roommate. Maybe it turns into romance. I don't know. Right. There's this Toronto band. I'll give maybe two answers, but there's a Toronto <laughs> band that's called the beaches that are okay. made up of four girls. And I interviewed them and I was like, these girls are sick. Like I want to be friends with them. And now I've been lucky enough to become friends with them. Oh. So I hang out with them a lot. Um, so I feel like that is kind of a cop-out answer because they are my <laughs> friends. So I feel like I if I wanted what like my friend Leandra who's in the band to be my roommate she'd be like yeah let's be roommates yeah yeah it's like very possible <laughs> yeah. yeah like very much could have like yeah could have been a possibility who do I want to live with maybe like oh Taylor Swift I've interviewed Taylor oh. Swift so duh yeah Taylor Good Swift one. I just feel like she has a great sense of like style and like mm. I bet she's very clean you know yeah. like she would do the she would make sure there's no dishes in the sink 
Yeah. And she would, I feel like she would always have freshly baked like muffins and stuff in the oh, morning. For sure. She would like, like come home from tour and like be baking. Yeah. You know? She would just be baking where I yeah. would just be sleeping. Her, the documentary, um, what is it? American Girl. That's. Oh, yeah. Americana. Right. Americana. Thank you. I was like, American yeah. Girl. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, I, and again, like I don't, I don't know how much is produced in any of the things if she actually lives there, but her house that was in it. Yeah. Or one of her houses. Beautiful. I, beautiful and very clean. I mean, I don't mm. know if you're going to have a messy house. Yeah, like a, the crew is coming over. Yeah. yeah, but beautifully decorated. I would love to be her roommate. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful. Okay, sure. love it. And she has really cute cats. So oh, she does. I saw that she was in your phone flick. You don't have to confirm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know but I think was. I said she was like the nicest person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Read, you so. said yeah. wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said great things about her. And I was like, oh, I'm not even surprised. That yeah. She's oh, no. Nicest. She was about to, And the cool thing about Taylor Swift is that it was a phone interview. So like before the pandemic, before we had Zoom, mm. a lot of like if they weren't in person, they'd be over the phone. So that kind of sucked that it was a phone interview. But she, because it's hard to connect with someone um, like just on the phone and especially for her, because she has to do like back to back to back conversations with all these different interviewers. So what she did was she got everyone to send in two fun facts about themselves and a photo of themselves. So she could like know who she was talking to before she talked to them, which I've never heard of an artist doing ever. I thought that was like so wild and so considerate of her. So that was really sweet. Yeah. Way to make you feel like a human being, which yeah. is how you should be made to feel. Right. Or if yeah. that was me, I'd be like, oh my God, what are the two facts I want to say? Oh, send? I don't like, even remember. One was, a, yeah. One was that I own one of the audience member chairs from the Oprah Winfrey show. That's always like my go-to fun fact. And I don't remember what the other one was. Oh my God. That is an awesome fun fact. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that is so fun. Okay. I would be stressed out about what to choose. Like I would be brainstorming. Yeah. It took me a while. Friends. I yeah, was like, what would photo be... do I send? Right. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, even the photo, like, what yeah. do you, yeah. You're like, what do, what do I want her to think about me when we're going into it? That's really kind of her though. That's really nice mm-hmm. to hear. I thought you might've said Louis Capaldi for your roommate. Cause I know oh, you yeah. love I just think he'd be a little bit more messy though. Like That's I feel like it. I'd be doing his laundry and I'm not about to do that, but I do. That was my favorite interview that I've ever done is with Louis yeah. Capaldi. Oh. We really hit it off. And then we were supposed to do an interview a few months after that and then oh. pandemic and things. Oh, yeah. So I'm still, I, the next time that I interview him, I'm really hoping that he remembers me because I've talked so much <laughs> about him since that interview. Um, because it was like just my best interview that I've done. Oh. So yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, so we've we've actually talked about manifesting. We've been talking about manifesting quite a mm-hmm. bit during our chat. And something I wanted to wrap up the end of this with is like, I have a very hard time asking for what I want. Like it takes me a long time to ask or just like put it out there. But I'm trying to practice that more of like, you want something, you got to tell the world or you got to tell people. So you are living your best life. You wanted to like be on a main radio station in Toronto, out in love and here you are living your best life so Mm -hmm. i'm wondering what's something that you want next in your career or in your life that you want to put out in the universe other than Billie eilish another lewis capaldi (laughs) we're putting (laughs) out a few things already absolutely i got a lot in the works yeah i love it i love it you have to i think what i would love to do is do like longer form interviews with Mm. artists like a conversation Mm. like this with artists and not be cut off after 10 minutes would be great (laughs) yeah just to like form more relationships and have deeper conversations because there's only so much you can do in such a short amount of time Mm -hmm. also i'd love to expand more into like actors and that Mm. realm of entertainment because I do so much music focused interviews. Uh, So that's something I want to do. But yeah, interviewing is my favorite thing. So if I can do anything in the future that's like around that, whether that's like being on like an entertainment show like E-Talk or ET Canada or something like that, that is like 
totally what I would like love to do and like red carpets and all of that stuff. So that's um, what I'm working towards. All right. We're manifesting it. We're putting it out there. We're putting it out there. Thank you so much, Shannon, for today and being so generous and open and kind and lovely. I so appreciate it. And it was so nice to finally connect since 2014. Yeah, we go so far back. So I'm glad we got to hang out. Me too. Oldest friends. But yeah, thank you so much for, like I said, creating such a safe space. This was awesome. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage Podcast. If you like what you heard and you're looking to support the show, here's a few ways you can help. You can leave the show a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can follow the show on Instagram and TikTok at Liquid Courage Podcast, or, and best of all, you can tell a friend about the show. Tell a family member, tell a coworker, post about your favorite episode online, spread the word. That really is the best way to help support the show and help it grow. Did I just rhyme? Okay, until the next episode, cheers.